Well, for me, I just look back over my career and I think about all of the challenges that I've faced. And I just want to be that mentor for someone that I never had. And so I feel like if I can help someone along their journey in tech and help them stay in tech, for me, that that just makes me happy. I mean, it really fills my cup. This is In Her Element, a podcast from BCG. I'm Corinne Lines. And I'm Andrea Gallego. In each episode, we have meaningful and vulnerable conversations with women leaders in digital, business, and technology. In this episode, we're speaking with Keisha Williams, Senior Principal at Slalom. As a program director, she leads the global AWS cloud residency program designed to grow early career technologists into world-class AWS cloud professionals and leaders. Keisha is a Java expert, cloud guru, artificial intelligence, and machine learning expert. She designed software and built applications for Delta Airlines and Chick-fil-A before joining Slalom. She's had some amazing side projects over the years, such as Salary Overflow, a project that addresses the gender pay gap and helps women advocate for better salaries. Keisha experienced being the only woman and the only Black person at the table many times throughout her career, and she works with organizations like Women Who Code to promote diversity in tech. She is passionate about giving back to the community and mentoring women and girls to join the industry. Here's my conversation with Keisha. Hi, everyone. My name is Keisha Williams. I've been in IT for 26 years, mainly in the Java software engineering and cloud space. And I'm super happy to be here with you today. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so happy to have you. Can you talk about sort of your childhood and your youth experience that shaped your relationships with computers and technology a little bit? Sure. I actually started coding in high school. But at the time, I didn't realize that what I was doing was called coding. I just called it playing on the computer. So we had this room in our home that did double duty. It was partly my dad's office and partly my playroom. And I just remember I'd be playing with my toys and I'd look over and see the computer. And it just really became another toy for me. And so I would spend hours going through the computer manual, learning about the computer, writing programs using the basic programming language. And it was just very fascinating to me. And that, just that early introduction to technology really set me up for a lifelong love and pursuit of tech. Yeah. And of learning, it sounds like too. I was listening to something else you said somewhere that your daughter considers herself an engineer and she's gotten into it too. Can you talk a little bit about when she got interested and like, (laughs) was that through you or like, how did that? Of course, of course. So definitely, you know, coming up in tech, I've just realized that there are, are a lot of benefits that come with working in the tech industry. So higher salaries, job mobility, job security. And so with my kids, from early on, I basically said, you're going to have to major in computer science. When you go to college, you'll thank me later. (laughs) So I've been just like drilling that into them. Yeah. From the beginning. And so, like I said, because it was life-changing 
for me, I also wanted them to have those same opportunities. And so early on, I would take them to like summer camps at Georgia Tech that would teach them about coding and about building mobile applications. All three of them went through, well, my older two went through and my daughter is currently going through at the high school, the computer science pathway. So our our local high school is really good about innovation and diversity and inclusion. And so there's this four-year computer science pathway that teaches them coding, Java, JavaScript, Python. And so when my older two went away to college, my, my first, my oldest son, he initially started out in computer science and he recently made the change to data science. And then my middle son, he he is currently in computer information systems. And then, like I said, my daughter, she already calls herself a computer programmer. So I'm hoping she'll major in computer science. We'll see. Amazing. So they've really taken to it. Like they didn't take that in a bad way. Like I think some kids, when you're, you know, you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be a lawyer or whatever. And, but this is obviously different because it's very creative as, as so many computer programmers say like, oh, but it's very creative. And so many of them are musicians or painters or like, you know, because it's the same side of their brain. Do you think it was because you were really proficient at it, super good at it, very, you know, you felt very confident in it. And that led to like a continued interest in it because you were sort of advanced. And so then it kind of led to you like having more interest and it just kind of built on itself. Well, I wouldn't say I was great when I first started. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I I played around in high school with the basic programming language and I would write programs. When I went to college, I came here to Atlanta, Georgia, and I went to Spelman. When I majored in computer science at Spelman, my very first computer science programming class was the Pascal programming language. And I was like, what in the world are we doing? Because this is not anything like what I was doing at home. And so for a while, I struggled. But I can say when I left Spelman, I definitely had the confidence that I could code any program in the world (laughs) because I had gone through four years of just learning all of these different programming languages. And so o- over time, I was able to build build that confidence, but I definitely didn't have it at first. And then at some point in time, you were like, this language or this is the thing that's very, very interesting to me, or this is going to be the next thing. Can you talk about that? Like what language that was and sort of, I know that's kind of repeated itself. Like you've seen that again, sort of machine learning. And so just wanted to talk about that a little bit. Sure. I remember when the Java programming language came out. So I really date myself whenever I make that statement. But at the time, I was doing web development, but using active server pages, active X controls, VB script. So really the precursor to .NET. And I heard about this new language called Java. And when I researched it, I said to myself, this language is amazing. Like, it's going to take over the world. This is where I need to take my career. And so I actually left the organization where I was working, and I went to work at Delta Airlines because they gave me an opportunity to learn Java on the job. And I would say that was probably the best decision that I've made in my career because we all know where Java is today. It's like, the number one programming language <laughs> ever. That's my opinion. And so it was It was a great decision to learn that technology. 
in all of those different environments, were there some barriers and challenges as being a Black woman in the industry that you face that you felt was unique that you can talk about? Well, definitely earlier in my career, it was always challenging for me just being the only one. So earlier, like I said, in my career, I would always be the only Black person in the room or the only woman in the room. And just the the lack of diversity in tech was just really mind-boggling for me because it just, it seemed to be on purpose. Because when I look at the ecosystem within Atlanta, there are top HBCUs like Spelman and Morehouse. So you can't find any other Black people to work in tech. You can't find any other women to work in tech. And so that was always challenging because I felt isolated and alone. In team meetings, in conversations, at lunch, it's like the topic of discussion was always about growing out beards over the weekend. And I'm like, if they talk about beards one more time, maybe I should grow out a beard so, so I can fit in around here. So I can join the conversation, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was hard. Is it getting better? Is it, does it continue? Does the different organizations you've been in dealing with it better or are you feeling more of a community? Yes, definitely. With with each organization that I move to, I see that there's more of a, like a focus on diversity and inclusion. And just even in the tech industry in general, it's something that that we're talking about. There's something that we're trying to change. And so I've seen it improve. And I can say for me early on, what really saved me was joining Women Who Code. And I just remember, like it was yesterday, the very first session of the Women Who Code in Atlanta meetup I went to. It was just amazing because I looked around the room and I just saw so many people that looked like me that just really loved tech and geeked out over coding languages (laughs) just like I did. And so that really... That was a turning point um, in my career because before then, I was considering leaving tech. I mean, you are voracious in terms of your contributions back to the community. I mean, Tech Innovation Atlanta chapter, New York Academy of Sciences, Next Scholars, West. You mentor people in your, you know, in your, I know this is kind of older, so it was at Chick-fil-A that you were doing that, but it's endless. Like you do so much and what do you get out of it? Well, for me, I just look back over my career and I think about all of the challenges that I've faced. And I just want to be that mentor for someone that I never had. And so I feel like if I can help someone along their journey in tech and help them stay in tech, that just makes me happy. I mean, if if really fills my cup. And I know when I when I think about what success means to me, it took me a while to learn that success is not getting a lot of promotions and, and moving up the career ladder. That's not what makes me happy. What makes me happy is being able to help other people on their journeys, share my lessons learned so they don't make the same mistakes I made. And like I said, to be for someone what I never had. You had a quote that you said 
I don't believe that it's important to be published. It's important to share your knowledge with others. People often say, I'm not an expert in this area, but I haven't been doing this long enough. Who would want to listen to me? That kind of thing. And you shared why it's important to share at any point in your journey. Can you talk a little bit about that? I think that's super valuable for this audience. Sure. So I I always tell people that it's great to share your lessons learned, to give back and sort of like reach back and pull people along with you. And people often say, well, I don't have that much experience. I haven't been doing this long enough. Why would anyone want to listen to anything that I have to say? And the way I, I answer that is think about where you are. There's someone who's not as far along as you that can use your help. So if you want to speak at a conference or you want to write a blog post and you're feeling a bit intimidated or potentially you're having imposter syndrome, just think to yourself that that's the person you're speaking to, the person who's coming behind you and who's not as far along as you are. So any lessons learned that you can share with that person will help them. Like you're not talking to the person who's been in tech for 30 years, knows everything. Like that's not your audience. Can you talk a little bit about your current role at Solemn and what that's like? I've actually, I did a project with them where some of the research that you guys had done, we were using to transition into the next phase of work. And that was just a BCG internal project. But um, yeah, if you can talk about your current role and what the company does and what makes you excited to work there every day, that would be cool. Sure. I'm a senior principal at Slalom in the AWS cloud residency. So I'm a a leader there. And the cloud residency is really a career accelerator for cloud engineers. And in that residency, we work with early career consultants. So think people with between zero to two years of experience. We have people straight out of college, straight out of a coding boot camp, and we spend two years with them, building them into world-class AWS certified cloud engineers. And that really gets me excited every day. Throughout your career, you've um, the projects throughout your career, you've been using Java, cloud, AI, machine learning, um, and within AWS. What do you feel like has been the most impactful or what do you feel like has been the most fun? That is a hard question. I feel like everything that I do is fun because if it wasn't fun, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> but when I think about just over my career, the application that I've built that I'm most proud of it would have to be the work that I did at Delta Airlines. So it was really my first opportunity to learn Java and to use Java in a real-world environment. And so if you've ever gone on Delta.com and purchased a ticket online, you're using the booking engine, and that's an app that I helped develop. And so I'm still a huge Delta Airlines fan. I always fly Delta, and I always go straight to Delta.com and use the booking engine to buy my ticket. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of, of machine learning and I want to just share the knowledge that I have and let people know that it's machine learning. They, they make machine learning sound like it's this advanced, super complex technology where you have to have a PhD working in a research lab in order to even make sense out of it. And I just enjoy demystifying it because it's not 
as difficult as people make it out to be. When you're interested in learning a new technology, what's your approach to teaching yourself? I always take what I call the hands-on learning approach. I can't just read a book and then say, okay, I, I know how to do this. I actually have to like pick the technology, pick a real-world use case, so something that I'm going to build, and then I learn as I build. So that's the approach I take. And then all of my lessons learned, I'll either write a blog post or showcase the app that I've developed at a tech conference and walk people through how I did it. Oh, so can you tell us a little bit about how you identified that a common problem for women and the gender pay gap and how you designed a technology to address that problem? Sure. That really came through personal experiences. I've been in situations where I've found out that everyone else around me in the same role with the same level of experience is making way more money than me doing the exact same job. So that's happened to me twice in my career. And what I wanted to do, I mentioned before that I learned best by doing. So I wanted to learn this new AWS service called AWS Amplify, which is a tool that allows you to build full stack applications on AWS. So I wanted to play around with that service. And like I mentioned before, when I'm learning something, I have to pick a real world use case and build it. And so I thought to myself, what can I build? What would be useful for me to build? And I came up with a salary transparency tool that I developed using AWS Amplify. And I learned a lot about that. And I've spoken at several tech conferences sharing my lessons learned. For sure, for sure. Something we always like to ask, but it felt kind of related when you said like earlier, you said like it kind of fills your cup to give back to the communities. Um, and we always ask, you know, what in what way do you ever feel like, or lately, where are you really in your element? Where you really feel like this is where you're supposed to be? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, I'm definitely in my element when, so I, in my spare time, I do a lot of online teaching, a lot of speaking at technical conferences. And I can say the piece that I really enjoy the most is when I'm on the stage giving a technical talk, teaching a workshop, and I'm able to just look in the audience and just see the light bulbs go off. Like that's when I'm, I'm in my element. So I want to thank you so much, Keisha, for joining us today and in her element. It's been wonderful having you take us through your career and all your different experiences and just guidance for different people in our audience and things that they might be wanting to pursue. So thank you so very much for being here. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. That was our conversation with Keisha Williams. What are some of your key takeaways from this conversation? Yeah, so I loved, I loved what Keisha was saying about the boardroom and representation and just, it brought me to this conversation I had with myself a few years ago where a lot of people would always be like, oh man, it must be so cool to be a, a leader in this room or, you know, you must feel so important because you're the only one in the room. And I'm just like, BS. It really sucks when you're the only woman in the room, especially in something like a boardroom, right? Where, I don't know, you kind of want to have a couple of girls with you who are like nudging you on the side, like, hey, speak up, that's your turn, right? And if you're the only one in the room, you don't, it sort of feels alien 
Yeah, I think just kind of almost piggybacking on some things that you were saying about her overflow project related to the gender pay gap. I think it's interesting, like it's such an issue and yet it's something nobody talks about. It's such a guarded thing. It's so taboo. And so I think for her to take that topic and bring it so much to the public so that anybody and everybody can go in and leverage the technology that she did to kind of answer that question of like, what is, what is my value like on the market? It's such a beautiful gift to sort of the general public. I mean, it's what what a selfless thing to go out and create and what a wonderful thing for humanity to be able to leverage. You know, I just thought that was really great. And she's obviously she's we talk a lot about how she's mentoring so many different people within her organizations and outside and all the different organizations she works with. And that's just another aspect of that. It feels like a hundred percent. She seems fantastic. And I'm glad she's like, I just is on my spare time. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So committed. It's she just so said committed. she was like saying, you know, my it really fills my cup, right? Yeah. And it, and it seems like it really does so, so authentically. Awesome. Uh, she was so great. Well, that's all for today. This has been In Her Element, a podcast from BCG. Join us here every episode to hear meaningful conversations with women leaders in digital, business, and technology. And if you'd like to try out Keisha's Salary Overflow tool, visit salaryoverflow.com. And if you're interested in learning more about Women Who Code, be sure to visit womenwhocode.com to access free resources and workshops, browse job and scholarship opportunities, and engage with an amazing network of technical women across the globe. Thank you so very much for listening today.